you're listening to the Surgeons of Horror podcast. Hello, welcome to the Surgeons of Horror podcast. Its purpose is to dissect horror films, both old and new. I'm your host, Sean Werte, and we're going to be opening up a classic from the Giallo horror uh, genre from one of the masters of the field, Lucio Fulci, and that being City of the Living Dead. In order to discuss these films, though, I need to have uh, a suitable offsider to sit alongside me here in the podcast chair. And uh, getting the honours for this particular one is none other than Richard Lovegrove. Welcome aboard again, sir. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be back aboard again and uh, knowing that the dead shall rise and walk the earth. I, yes, yes. So very, very according to the poster. <laughs> yes, and they will walk again. The reason we're doing this is it's 40th anniversary this year. It was released back in 1980. Just to give a bit of context uh, around this as well with, uh, with Lucio Fulci. And I'm, I'm kind of a bit, I'm, I'm a little bit buzzed by this one a little bit because, and the reason for it is I do have a lot of love for like the whole Giallo kind of uh, scene and the horror stuff. I, I hint at it way back before when we covered um suspiria uh when we did the mm. uh, podcast on that because that's one of my all-time favorite horror films uh, and it's kind of nice to uh, l- uh look at one of the other masters of the craft in Fulci's work um so but particularly with him in this one it's like uh he he'd been in the scene for a while particularly with the uh, giallo stuff and, uh, you know, to name a couple of them off the top of my head. So there was um, uh, a lizard in the woman's skin. And we had uh, four of the apocalypse. Don't torture a duckling in there. But what um, what broke him into mainstream? I mean, those were all kind of really cool kind of cult films that were released around the 70s, um, early 70s. And But what broke him was just at the, the turn of of that uh, of that decade in 1979 when he did uh, Zombie Two, which was basically a response to um, and and an un, in Europe it was marketed as a sequel to George Romero's Dawn of the Dead, and oh. that then opened up the door for him to kind of create what would then be the, this next film, which we're about to discuss, City of the Living Dead. So and. And uh, I know off record you were talking about um, how it reminded you of that kind of um, <laughs> Night of the Living Dead kind of uh, style of stuff. Um, yeah. Um, so there is definitely sort of, essence. Sort of that low budget there. sort of style. Yeah, yeah. Very much so. And very much kind of, um, and he was, um, uh, you know, known for his work primarily in the way that he um, would shoot stuff in a very kind of, uh, overly kind of gore-tastic um, mm. uh, approach to things um, and using quite graphic violence in places as well, which which is kind of what Zombie 2 did. Um, and then like this one in, in particular, it's, it's, uh, it's been dubbed first of the Gates of Hell trilogy, the other two being the Beyond and the House by the Cemetery, which I'm hoping to do next year to celebrate their anniversaries too. Uh, so, uh, so it's a big, big one, and I and I dug this one when I was um, a wee bit younger, um, <laughs> and it was kind of um, because it was refreshingly kind of over the top and deliciously um, uh, <laughs> rich in its context, uh, mm-hmm. and I just came away kind of completely uh, buzzed by it. 
and absolutely loving it. So um, yeah, no, it jumps right into it off straight off the bat. Yeah, it uh, does. I was going to say with the um, uh, uh, Lucio Fulci has yeah many many films to his credit. Yeah, uh, even just going through them, there's there's quite a lot of them. Um, and one that sticks out, I saw it was the Eroticist. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which was 1972. Yeah. It was like I wonder if he's playing with words or something there. Um, <laughs> but no, no, no. Well, even the year like you know 1980 was a fantastic year for horror in general. I mean, you've got yeah. the classic like the shining and and um, prom night and, and cannibal yeah. holocaust and everything like that sort of being released uh, changeling stuff like that but also yeah. so many like low budget films like you know you've got a uh, death ship and you got so many other sort of stuff but it's um yeah a, a good time for sort of this sort of stuff to release and that's probably why i feel like it's it does feel like a little low budget uh, to that sort of aspect but it also feels very much like a traditional sort of uh, a Lovecraft sort of story. Um, yeah. uh, when you look at the whole thing, it's sort of broken up in the same way and pacing style, jumping all over the place in points where um, Lovecraft sort of has. Um, uh, it's told a lot as well, his films with visuals, as you said, like, you know, there's a lot of yeah. gore and stuff in it. But um, uh, the, the, the shots uh, take time. There's there's a lot of sort of they time do. that is taken with these shots. I remember there's this as we go through the film. There's yeah. quite a few moments. I remember going. This is lingering for a long time, yeah. and it's yeah. a lot of the time it's not the gore. As in, obviously the gore is what sticks in our heads, yes. but it's the anticipation, like any good horror film uh, does. And this hits all of those notes. Even right off the bat, you get so many quick. Uh, what we would consider cliches now, but quick moments in succession yeah. that. Um, you could easily have like a, a flip card of just like, you know, seeing these storyboards. Um, but yeah, no, it's an exciting little film that I'd, I'd never really heard of, um, mainly because its title, even when having to go look it up just for this podcast as well, like, you know, how, well, what was the title of it again? It wasn't Night of the Living Dead. It wasn't, you know, uh, <laughs> Land of the Dead or anything like that. It's City of the Living Dead and it's unassociated from those other films. Yes, it, um, it was interesting, yeah, to sort of see it uh, in its purity. But like... It wasn't as low budget as Martin, say, but no. it feels like that. Not the living dead. There's a budget there, and like you know, there are actors, and there's obviously a good effects budget and things like that. Mm. But um, because of the chaos of the story and also the subject matter, which starts right from the beginning. I mean, the first thing we we get experience to is a scream, uh, a blood curdling scream of a woman. So yeah. from that sets off the bat, and and there's nothing after that, which is really good too, because it's it's easy to then what was it? Evil Dead, the remake. Was yes. it that? that? Right at the beginning, it starts off with this sort of like burning of a witch type scene. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's out of the law of the films and it sort of goes, oh, okay, it's too much too quickly. Whereas that was just enough. You go, oh, okay, someone's screaming blood curtain <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. I don't know what it's about. And then it starts off with this montage of the cemetery and stuff like this. But it leads you into this film going, there's so much mystery there that mm. you don't know if you want to explain because as, as the film gets played out, you... you T tend to regret those <laughs> sort of things of going no just turn away leave the town you know <laughs> yeah why are you still there um that's it yeah yeah that's why it's called city of the living dead leave the fucking city um, <laughs> that's it. yeah yeah what was it? i used to live in a place called dulwich and now yes. like you know i'm thinking of that and i'm going maybe i shouldn't have lived there because it's too close to dunwich <laughs> yeah 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 oh so we should probably touch on that before we kind of dissect this beast we should probably touch mm. on and you kind of like sort of mentioned it too because uh, it was, Fulci was apparently um, influenced by a lot of work of Lovecraft and stuff, which is, ties in nicely because we've recently kind of been looking at some of the Lovecraft films, particularly the Stuart Gordon stuff. Um, 
And um, so this one, um, you know, it, this town that the film is set in is called Dunwich. So there's a lot of allusion there to the Dunwich horror, uh, a novel by um, H.P. Lovecraft. And as you said, there's this kind of fluidity to the film and these kind of, but it's kind of, it's it's incredibly fractured. There's a lot of story, little storylines going on at once. Mm. Um, and it's a bit hard to unpack it as you're watching it. And you're, and there are pockets where you're, and I, I'll, I'll say it now, but there was a point where you're watching it, going, "Hold on, who's the lead here? Who are we? Yeah. Uh, whose journey is no. this? Who's the story that we're following? I mean, you know, it is a right up to those last two shots. I was thinking the exact same thing. Exactly. Um, yeah. Which, which I, I, I like objective stories. I like stories where you can, you know, see, and especially in horrors. What was it? Freddy yeah. Six, I think it was. Uh, halfway through the film, they kill off the person you think is the protagonist. Yes. Because they get cocky and they're like, I, I think she's related or he's related to Freddy and it's just like, yeah, no, I'm their kid, right. I'm, I'm yeah, safe. Yeah. And then they die. And you're like, oh shit, now now whose story is this? <laughs> yeah. I, I loved that when I watched yeah. that as a kid. So um, I'm all for objective stories. It's all just, I think it has to do with the hard cuts, yeah, um, which sure. we'll get into as we're going through this. But yep. for as careful as the scenes are, sh- are, are laid out and, and played through and edited for, for pacing, the mm. hard cuts I feel is, is what's the jarring issue. So many times we sort of, cut back from a, a flashback or a meanwhile and we're like yeah. oh whoa wait okay so where's the original timeline so yes yeah, which nowadays yeah. i guess a lot of people use with filters with student films and stuff like yeah, that yeah, yeah. you can sort of go okay we'll have a, a a radial sort of like you know fast blur or something around the edge mm-hmm. to denote it's that but um but yeah no just this is the day of film as well too this all would have been filming a camera yeah, so, um, absolutely. Yeah, kudos, right. kudos to that. Kudos to the effects as well. Yeah, the um, effects is what I mean. Obviously, that's what, you, like you said, that's what kind of stands out after you watch it. Um, yeah, and, Linga- and kudos to the actors. I mean, the performers yeah. who went through, like all of the women <laughs> who had to yeah, have yeah. the blood. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get to that stuff too. All right, so let, let's let's start dissecting this, right? So, uh, as I said, um, it's uh, oh, if I haven't said it. It's shot in um, the, mainly in New York City. There's pockets of it that's shot in uh, Georgia. And then they did a lot of the effects uh, stuff in Italy. Um, mm. So we do kick off the, the film itself in New York City. And we are uh, witnessing a seance uh, in an apartment. Um, and there's a medium called uh, Teresa. And uh, there's also... No, just before all this, yeah. on, uh, yeah. we, we've seen the priest first, haven't we? Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So we have that moment with yeah. the priest. Sorry. Cause we it's, see the, the, the tombstone. Her vision as well of what's That's going it. On. Yeah. And so we start with her vision. And that's one of the things that we sort of grasp onto the, at the beginning of it, where we see the, the tombstones and the credits go to the top of that. And then we see that that's written right. riddle, which ends in the word Dunwich. Yes. And so... Then we see a priest looking up from that and looking up to a tree. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that's when we find out. And then we go into a seance where we've got yeah, uh, that's an right. old lady and two young ladies um, and a, uh, an old black man. Uh, and yeah, I think that's it around I there. Yeah, and then they're all having a seance. Three or four, four people in that room doing the seance. Oh, I think there's mm. four because they've got to join hands around you know, the, the table. That's right, yeah. So... Um, and yeah, you're right. So they, they, we also see the, the priest, Father Thomas, uh, strolling through a graveyard um, cemetery scene. Um, and so they're holding a seance. And so we're seeing this like uh, the um, medium kind of picturing this. Um, and 
uh, and there's Mary, uh, sorry, Mary Woodhouse is the one that's visualizing what's going on. She's the one having the the psychic connection. Yeah. Um, Mary, Mary, um, Mary, she's dead. Ah, oh dear. Um, make up, will you? Yeah, all right. Um, so, yeah, so she she sees this priest, this uh, character. Basically, he ends up hanging himself from a tree branch in the cemetery mm. in this remote village that's called Dunwich. And it's good too in that moment where, like a lot of films, you won't see the justification that led to that area, i.e., how he got up there. He yeah. hung, hangs himself. Um, yeah. And uh, next to it, you can see like a little brick grave or something like that there so it's just like at least it's plausible i always like that especially in horror yeah. films when there's plausibility at least taking into consideration so <laughs> you can see at least how he got up there uh to um hang himself um but yeah and and it cuts back to them seeing this and and speaking about this place called dunwich yes uh, the gates of hell the city of the dead sitting the living dead uh, but we also yeah. have this moment where um the, the, the all these visual images that Mary is seeing, she kind of starts like panicking. She screams, and she breaks the circle, and she starts conv- you know having these uh, fits on the floor. Convulsions. Yeah, convulsions. That's it. And um, uh, and she falls to the floor, and they and they think she's dead. And then the police turn up, uh, led by this guy called Sergeant Clay, who interrogate. Mm the uh the medium that had set it up teresa this is the older lady with the, the older um, lady, curly yeah. hair that's right yes. yeah so she's like mm. she's meant to be the like i said she's meant to be the actual psychic but it was actually mary's the one that witnesses the stuff so it's basically what we are seeing is a sound gone wrong mm. and um and so but she kind of uh this teresa character kind of sends these messages of warnings about imminent evil, which kind of falls on deaf ears. While she's saying that outside the apartment, we get, we get, we meet cigar chomping Peter Bell. Um, yeah. <laughs> who must've had great. it. Like, he must've had it in his, like, uh, you know, in his, uh, his contract contract. How I have to be smoking in every scene. Um, yeah. Although that's, that's great. I love stories about what actors are putting their contracts. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The film Candyman, which was done in the eighties. Yeah. There was uh, the guy who played Candyman uh, yeah, character had yeah. a clause in his uh, uh, contract where that it was, thing. I think a thousand dollars per yeah. beasting yeah. that he got. It's just excellent. It's awesome. Um, also in this scene too, I was thrown off by the, um, the ADR that's in this. It's sort of like, you know, makes it feel like it's a other worldly sort of yes. um, thing. But uh, it's a lot of fun, and that's why I was even thinking about the the, the lady, the character Teresa. Um, yes, was uh, she's you can't understand. It looks like she's just mumbling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. At least it's very clear. At least we can hear what they're saying, and that's probably why they did ADR. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, no, there's a, a lot of sort of vibes I'm getting from uh, other sort of films. Uh, even that character, as you're saying, like you know, the, who goes up to the cop station where the yeah. guy is twiddling his baton beforehand <laughs> and tries to get in. Um, which also I like this scene written, uh, writing wise where yeah. he doesn't sort of like try and he, he tries to sort of like, you know, offer him a bribe, even yes. though it's sexual sort of in the connotations now, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. he, uh, he takes it. He goes, okay, I will take your advice. And he walks away and I was just like, <laughs> I love it. It's the same as in that scene where it's like, you know, um, Mary's dead. She screams. And then there's the slamming of the um, uh, ambulance door. It's just, Goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is fantastic. It yeah. made me laugh so much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Cool. But um, yes, this character is yeah, trying get, to the journalist is trying to uh, was it hunt down the information about uh, Mary? Is it? I think so. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, he's cause... going to find out what's going on with with it, you know. And he feels like he's he's one of those journalists that follows his hunch, you know. He feels like there's something at at play. Um, yeah. And so, um, so Mary's presumed dead, and so we then the next scene is at the uh, cemetery. Where um, <laughs> Mary's being um, buried in a, in the local cemetery, and we we meet those yeah. two kind of grave diggers, great little grave diggers, eating a sandwich over an open grave. Yeah, yeah. Where, um, where, I'm not too sure exactly what they're doing now. Are they they are at a different grave plot, and it, then they move over to where Mary's is. Yeah, it seems so, that way. Yeah, yeah. Are they like I know that there's they air graves or just before they put in another person so if your like a uh, loved one has passed away and then you want to get buried in the same plot they yeah. usually dig down a certain way air the ground and then put you in and then mm-hmm. fill it up or, or something to that effect i'm not exactly right. sure process but i was assuming it was something to do with that because they go down and they're sort of almost polishing like archaeologists or paleontologists <laughs> yeah. and it's just like what are you doing to this <laughs> also why are they in dirt like it's that old that the, the coffin has rotted away as well yeah that's, but, that's um, it. yeah yeah but that great cinema i think it's uh i can't remember who it was that i um saw in a seminar but um they were discussing about food and mastication particularly in characters in films and on yes. the screen yeah and i think it's really interesting because there's also was that um the hidden meaning on youtube which is done by garrick's wormuloid uh, on YouTube is yeah. fantastic. Um, they usually cut out all mastication because it's usually off-putting, but it's a film called Bush uh, or no, or W. I can't remember which one it is. Uh, okay. And uh, I think Josh Groban p- plays George Josh, W. Josh Bush. Bolin, yeah. 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 And he's eating a lot of the time and it just, it's so off-putting. You just hate his character so much more because he's <laughs> constantly carelessly <laughs> chomping away and it's yeah. gross. Um, so I, I don't know if that was a thematic point to it. I think it was more the idea of that juxtaposition of an open grave and how gross most people see that as yeah. to then eating something. A very casual kind of, yeah. Yeah, a very casual yeah, sort of yeah. process. Yeah, because they, um, they're they, a lot of fun. They are literally chewing the fat as they're there. You know, like they're just talking shit and not really talking yeah. about much. So, and, um, you know, and, and the journalist guy comes up and kind of is in it, hovering around and they're like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm just interested in this Mary girl. That's all, you know, that's not creepy. <laughs> not creepy at all. Yeah, not yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so anyway, so, but they start to kind of, uh, well, they lower the coffin in, don't they? And then mm. uh, start putting some of the dirt into burial. And then they're like, oh, it's five o'clock. Well, it's the end of our day. We're going to just go. And I, yeah. I always thought a grave digger had to finish the job before they clocked off. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Well, I, I don't know exactly how much the, they exactly do it because they also claim workers' hours. No, no, yeah. uh, union hours or something like that's that. It, that's right. Yeah. And so it was maybe it was more just like a either a political or like you know, a little writer's quip or something that they yeah, put in there. Possibly. But who knows? He has a good justification. She's not going anywhere. Like the only thing I was thinking about was theft, and I was yeah, thinking, well, yeah, exactly. what, what happens then? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because they haven't, yeah, they haven't properly. Yeah, proved. but then again, it's it's the 1980s, and like you know, um, yeah, <laughs> you can smoke anywhere, girls, you know. Exactly. Yeah. So, so we leave the. Uh, they kind of walk off, leaving the, uh, the Jonas Peter there, and he's walking off, and he starts hearing these muffled sounds. And we cut to inside the coffin, and she's starting to move, and 
she starts to panic because she can't breathe. Like, so she's waking up. Yeah. And so the rose starts, starts, the petals start to fall away, which is great. Yeah. It's, it's beautifully done because it's constantly intercutting as they're burying her and putting her in the ground. Yes. Uh, and she slowly wakes up. It's very innocent. She sort of panics. She's got a mirror above her as well. Yes. Um, and, and she starts to break that and tries to get out. Um, but they've moved away so far that um, they can't really hear her except for our journalist friend yeah. who is considering going back. But it's nicely justified with the audio mixing here because there's so many pauses that you don't know whether or not you would think it's just your mind or it's another noise or something else. Um, and, and it's a good pro- progression. A lot of sequences in this film have very, are very good. Um, yeah. this is being one of them, the anticipation that you feel about him going over there because it takes so long and it's, it does. I can't, it really I does. kept on thinking, yeah, I wanted to yell at him saying, call back the guys. When is he, he's going to do it in a minute. Oh, now you've heard this noise. He's going to say, wait up a minute. Like, you know, I, was, I, was, I know. Yeah. And he doesn't, and he goes to go and stops. Yeah. Like two times. <laughs> goes to go, stops. Yeah. Mm. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Until he finally, like, you know, yeah, goes back and because he, he, the screams are getting, you know, intense by this point. But he's still, still muffled. And he picks, yeah. up, he picks up the pickaxe. Well, yes, yeah. Winging oh my it God. wildly into the coffin. Yeah, no, just before it, this, like, even playing out, the, yeah, <laughs> playing out with the sequence, you've got the, um, what was it, the moment uh, where she slowly wakes up and she panics and she screams and you're like, oh, my God, that terror. Yeah. And then she passes out or dies this great shot where the lights sort of shining off her eyes and it's just like oh that's creepy and freaky yes um and then she sort of wakes up and you don't know if she's something different now i like that that's right because then she screams and he goes oh it's my justification to go over there and i'm not going oh shit no don't go over there so that's what i mean the sequences are great because they they play with that audience in that way but then yeah he picks up fucking pickaxe (laughs) and goes straight for where the head would be i know (laughs) Not the edge where, like, there's some sort of... I don't know how those coffins would be latched. Or no, no. I assume just from films, they're all nailed in the corners or something. I don't know. Yeah, but there's yeah. better ways to go about this. Mainly communication. That's what separates <laughs> yeah, yeah. us Lack from a lot of other... communication, Peter. Come on. Yeah, we can knock and go, you okay in there? <laughs> yeah. You still dead? Are you still dead? I think you are. Um, yeah. yeah. But three uh, massive picks that go straight through and yeah. land very close to her face. That's what I mean. Oh, these actors. I hope they will pay well. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so he smashes. Through, he eventually smashes through the uh, the casket, essentially, and um, and frees her. Uh, mm. And uh, then we, we just get... see a little hole in her screaming. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and then uh, but then it cuts to where Peter and Mary go to visit Teresa, the the medium from the beginning, mm. um, and she warns them about this ancient book of Enoch. Yeah. Which I know so that you wanted like, to have touch on a little bit, but she does say uh, in there that the events that Mary has witnessed in her visions basically kind of uh, preserve these kind of the eruption of of the living dead into our world. Uh, yeah, like Judgment Day, Judgment Day. Yeah, um, Judgment Day. Well, that's that's pretty much yeah. All of those yeah. sort of books talk about it, a Judgment Day unfolding. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But uh, yeah, no, she they've sort of mentioned bits of it uh, around, and I'm sure a lot of people sort of heard of, of that especially if they were um in, in some way religious but it um the book of enoch there's a couple of references both biblical that i uh, yeah. know of the dead sea scrolls were found uh a, a while back i'm not too sure i think in the 1800s yeah or something i'm not too sure uh and, and they were found to be dated back to the same time that we have dated back uh scientifically the uh chronology of the biblical tale and how the the story yeah. of the bible was formed and, and came from those original texts from all over the place in egypt and, and and 
uh, Middle East and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> and the Book of Enoch was one of the stories from the Dead Sea Scrolls. Um, when I read that um, when I was a lot younger, I remember it more being about uh, angels coming down to earth and um, uh, befriending us and mating with us, having relationships, but also teaching us um, different things about war, about science to encourage weapons and, and, and this sort of stuff. So it was a moralistic tale about the destructive forces of yeah. even the, the highest authority, you know, um, which I, I thought was really interesting. Um, but, but also too, the, the name Enoch, I think was the father of Methuselah mm-hmm. in um, the, the text as well. And uh, you've also got um, Cain's son, which was named Enoch. And I know yeah. in the land of Nod, uh, there's a, uh, a theory uh, discussed and a hypothesis about the origins of vampire myth coming yep, from yep. Cain um, <clears throat> and the sacrifice that he made because in, in the justification of, <clears throat> I think it was the Satanic Bible, they, they make the plea that um, he had made the greatest sacrifice because God had asked him to, he, and everything he kept doing was never meeting his standards. And so he said, make the biggest sacrifice. And he thought, well, the greatest thing I love is my brother. And so he ends up killing him. And they were like, yeah. whoa, 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 dude, what a <laughs> fuck. I didn't mean that. It's just like, haven't you read the Abraham thing? I, it was a joke. I'm a funny guy. I'm wacky. Um, but, <laughs> and you but do yeah, want to so, so, kill your sheep? Come on. Yeah. That's it. So yeah, it's it's uh, interesting to just in an origin sort of basis because there's that Lovecraftian Dulwich reference, but then there's a, a biblical reference too. And I didn't know if they had crossed over, and I had a brief little look up to see if there was any other texts um, that directly. And, and I know that obviously you could say the world is is that uh, Lovecraft grew up with was primarily religious. I'm not too sure exactly what religion he followed, but it would yeah. have been some form of of a Catholicistic christian yeah yeah um yeah. abrahamic religion mm-hmm. um so obviously it has those those inherent bases but yeah if there was a direct crossover that's where it sort of my brain was constantly going okay so now it's it's a different sort of story it's it's two mildings and more homage than um than a thing because this could just be like you know a dulwich thing where they have like you know like paris texas like you know yeah um yeah, yeah. you got those sort of <laughs> Rome, the central coast, like, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. The, those sort of like intermittent things. But uh, yeah, yeah, it, it instantly adding more law to those sort of things, even in a homage sort of context, like a film in this sense, mm. is more interesting because it's just that. It, it allows you to ask more questions that may or may not get answered yeah. uh, later on. And yeah. the more visuals we see because of those questions throw us asunder again. Because yeah we get more confused and that's that Lovecraft element again. It's, yeah, it's the yeah. unknown and, and it's flipping it on. So yeah, it, it's great. And, and this is where it starts to have a little bit of this, this law that yes. probably drives the rest of the film. Yes. Uh, and, and that's all that really needs to be said about it. Even exposition wise. Yeah. So many things happen. So many things happen. So many things do happen. It does. It shifts and turns in, in numerous directions along the way, but you're right. Yeah. So the, the premise of what uh, this Teresa character is saying is that the death of this Father Thomas character um, has somehow opened this doorway into which the living dead can enter. Um, and, mm, and on All Saints invas- Day. Yeah, invasion will commence on All Saints Day, which is a few days away. And we keep, get reminded about that by the journalist dude. Like he, every moment he get, like he gets, uh, if he's not got a cigar in his mouth, he's going, but it's nearly All Saints Day. What are we going to do? Yeah. Um, yeah. This yeah. is obviously as well the, the day after um, Halloween. So, like, yes, you know, this that's is, right. This yeah. is the, like, Halloween's day. 
Yeah, mm. All Hallows Day. Feast of All Saints. Feast of All Saints. Hey, All Saints. So, like, interestingly, yeah. the concept of All Saints Day was a religious concept in order to contrast against mm. the uh, the pagan belief of Halloween and All, yeah. ha- all Hallows Eve. Uh, because uh, here was a uh, uh, an event of uh, a religious, well, pagan kind of belief uh, in the celebration of all things that were dead. And so mm-hmm. along comes uh, Christianity to kind of say, well, how can we leverage of this in the name of God? And so they mm-hmm. turn it around to celebrate the living. So yeah. this is interesting branch between... Uh, uh, pagan ritual and christianity which is interesting that they use that particular stepping stone here um as the yeah. gateway to hell because it's essentially is exactly right if you look at those if you look at those two belief factors it is uh the crossover between the dead and the living at this point mm. so yeah, yeah, yeah kind of exactly. nice. um yeah yeah, yeah no, absolutely too well even with the whole uh, idea of um what is it uh, these two dates uh can date back like you know even to Gaelic festivals, like you know, you, you say pagan, but that was with the original religions that was called pagan because of yeah. the organized religions that that's we now right. know today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, right. but yeah, exactly. And um, Samhain, yeah, was like you know, celebrator of the, the darker half, was more like a solstice sort yeah. of thing. All of these sort of equinoxes, basically, because everyone had to worry about the harvest, keeping warm, and and getting food exactly. <laughs> mainly. Exactly. So yeah. that was primary concentration nowadays or, or at least when the orthodox churches had organized society there was a lot more pleasures that they, they didn't have to worry about so much so yeah. they got more orthodox about now saying who can we point our finger at today <laughs> <laughs> you. Um, yeah. okay so that's when we get a really strange scene after that yeah we, we cut we cut to this moment with uh, strange barb um, yeah, Strange Bob, who looks very similar to the guy who plays Moriarty in the Sherlock series with Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, like Andrew that. Scott. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That shot just there, it was just like, oh, wow, he's in his. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah. <laughs> I didn't know he was that old. Um, yeah. This yeah. is where I started to get annoyed with the cuts and going, okay, okay. where's our context? Yeah. Because I was yeah. like, who the hell is he a zombie? That's why I thought it was just going to be a random zombie. There's going to be hundreds of zombies walking out. But he turns around and he slowly starts walking in this very dusty town towards <laughs> a, a dust. an, an old shack. Yeah. Goes into this empty Yeah, an abandoned house. And then he finds a rubber doll. Yeah, he, he picks up this rubber thing, throws it in the corner, and it self-inflates. Inflates. In seconds, kids. It's like, hey, I need to get me one of those. Um, so, but before he, he uh, well, he kind of strokes it a little bit, um, uh, but yeah. before he looks like he may pleasure himself with it, uh, oh, he then catches sight of what looks like a rotting baby's corpse in the corner. Yeah, like a little maggoty things crawling over it, and its eye sockets all caved away. Yeah, mm. and this shot lingers. This, it yeah, it, yeah, the earthworms. I thought we were an interesting thing. I was like, oh, like usually it's maggots, but earthworms in yeah, it, like worms. Made, that's nice. nice worms, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, earthworms, and um, uh, slowly going up over the body, and then I think you sort of see a skull. You can't really make out what yeah, it is, yeah, but exactly. you know it's it's an infant humanoid thing that is pretty messed up. Yeah, uh, and that lingers a bit and is a bit unsettling. Yeah, um, before it then jumps then to a completely new scene. Um, yeah which is in this kind of lounge kind of bar. And there's these guys that just like these two guys yeah. discussing uh, recent events with the barman. Um, and the, yeah, like over the last few days and they're all kind of blaming Bob. 
yeah for these this weird events when all of a sudden the mirror cracks and yeah, breaks. they mentioned one of the girls and the mirror cracks yeah every time they're sort of mentioning certain things something will happen yes um yeah which is interesting uh, yeah. but then they relax sort of shot where it's just like oh oh no not that again <laughs> um yeah. yeah but they sort of like they brush the, it off yeah, with so it the, yeah, the bartender and... offers free drinks oh mirror cracks yes. free drinks um, <laughs> and then and then we get we cut again another cut yeah to like it's an going, ed wood film <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> perfect shoot it um <laughs> so then we, we yeah, don't need another take it was perfect yeah we we think we then catch up with jerry uh who's a uh psychiatrist and he's in consultation with uh, a woman called sandra and mm. she's like this real kind of neurotic patient yeah <laughs> um and then uh, this other girl comes in, Emily, I want to say, and name is, um, who's like he's the psychiatrist kind of 19-year-old girlfriend. Yeah. Slash mm. personal assistant. Um, yeah, yeah like, that's it. I thought it was the yeah. receptionist that was yeah, just like, yeah, oh, yeah. okay, you're touching her now. Okay. It's like, <laughs> that's a bit of an improvement. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, so, yeah. So, and all of this in front of her, too. I was yeah, just yeah, like, they right, walk in like and she's talking about some, what was it? Uh, how she wanted to marry her father and he was a drunk and, and getting into all this. Then just starting to knock, hello, oh, hello, such and such, oh, hello. Then they start openly talking about like, going to Bob and I'm like, okay, at this point, I didn't know that the first guy was Bob. I didn't no, know. No, I didn't either. Yeah, yeah. You've no. Just, no, I didn't get that at yeah. all later. Yeah. Exactly. So you're sitting there going, okay, so what, is, is this an open relationship? And he doesn't like, what's happening here? It's all in front of this person. And then she adds the two cents and you're like, what? <laughs> so yeah. sitcom. Yeah, I'm just on my way to meet Bob. Who's Bob? Yeah. Um, so, and she's apparently been trying to help him, is what we're told at this point. And then Emily leaves, um, and then we get um, uh, the pet. There's a pet cat. Um, yeah, an office cat, like a yeah, psychiatrist office the, cat. The, uh, what's her, I've lost her name again. So, uh, Sandra's kind of been petting the whole way through. Um, mm. And... Uh, and then, then it and the cat suddenly scratches her on the hand and yeah, then and rushes off, off to the corner of the room. Uh, and then and then we cut again to the evening and we have Emily uh, going to visit Bob at this kind mm. of used garage. Um, yeah. But he, uh, but this kind of groaning kind of sound scares him away. He runs off. So uh, Emily sounded left. like the cat to me. I, I yeah, thought it was a, maybe. Uh, a cat going. Wah. Yeah, and then like so, then Emily's kind of left alone, and that's when she kind of meets this. Uh, she kind of sees this apparition of Father Thomas, and he mm. mothers her with a maggoty hand, a maggoty jelly black yeah. ooze yeah. like this. And I thought that was pretty interesting too, because like yeah. he he pushes it into her mouth, and I was just like, oh. I wonder if it's like, yeah, like a bacterial sort of thing. If it's like an infectious sort of thing, is it just like yeah, getting yeah. the eyes, getting to wherever like this? Yeah, it was interesting. But again, yeah, is he a ghost? Is he, what, what is he? Not exactly sure what's going on. Yes. Still. Yeah. It's <laughs> or is it on her mind? Because <laughs> then later on, they look over and they see another sort of maggot baby, like, blah area. And they're like, oh, yeah. Bob, that little shit. Like, you know, <laughs> but. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, fuck. Yeah, there's so there's some like, lots of weird like it's uh, at this point you're just like you're just where am I placing my feet in this? It's very yeah. 
hard to kind of navigate. Um, and so, because then again, we then take we, we meet another couple who are parked in a oh. in a car. So this is uh, yeah. Rose and Tommy, uh, and they're making out in, in this kind of jeep. And then they also uh, see this image of Father Thomas when he flicks on the lights, you know, because she's like, "Oh, here's something out there. There's nothing out there." Oh, unless you talk yeah. about Father Thomas, of course. Um, yeah, there's always one around. <laughs> yeah, and he kind of like just stares at them, and then all of a sudden, Rosie's eyeballs start bleeding, and she yeah. starts vomiting up her guts. Oh, this was great. Yeah, I, in, I say I say great. Like, it was intense <laughs> because of the slow, like build to it, and even yeah. the effect of I think it was like the the finest tube that they could find, like thread like, yeah. and they would lay it on the eye line. Um, cause they do this yes. a couple of times and yeah, I, I, one of them later on, I think I saw part of the tube, um, yeah. but yeah, it was like, cause I, I sort of watched it and was in and out of it just because there were so many cuts. I was going, wait, okay. So who's this, what's going on? Yeah. I didn't even think about character names at this point. No. Um, but yeah, <laughs> but the father Thomas keep coming back and I was like, yeah. Oh yeah, that guy. He's coming um, back again. But this moment, yeah, and it builds so much, so much blood and it's in yeah. their eyes and her eyes. And you can see that like, that's what made the kudos to the actors and fuck. Uh, and then she starts spilling out all these organs and massive organs. It cuts you know, yeah. to a, a dummy type thing, but yeah, yeah big livers and the sound. Yeah. And the other guy sitting there watching all of this and you can yeah. almost get the sense of what he would be smelling to Like it's yeah, it was, yeah. It was good. I, I liked that sort of build to it. And even with the, the, the budget not being as high, I think really plays to its aid because yeah. you can watch it and, and be desensitized to it. Yes, it's you yes. know it's a film, and you can still go. Oh, okay, yes, this is, this is chaos, so, <laughs> crazy shit. So the actual uh, the actress is actually spitting up um, in the shots where she's actually kind of throwing up. Um, yeah, she's actually spitting up like these baby veal intestines is basically what it is that's coming out. Oh of yeah, mm, nice. Yeah, like sausage coverings and oh, stuff. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, then to actually show those bigger organs, like a liver or something, um, coming out of the mouth later on, yeah, and having yeah. that complemented by the sound of her going, making a ooh sort of, yeah, yeah. It, was, <laughs> it was good because a lot of the times, I mean, with big budget films, people will miss. Uh, the filmmakers will either jump over those moments because of censors, yeah. or they won't get it right in that sort of that timing essence. And that was beautiful because it feels, oh, I want to get out, I want to get out. <laughs> It's great. Like it's great because it lingers too. It's this, and I think maybe that's why they, we had those other lingering shots or those moments because it makes this moment yeah. really more horrific because it's sitting there on there and you're just going, "Oh my god, stop! When is she yes. going to actually stop throwing up this shit?" Yeah, yeah. Or, or I was thinking when the guy is going to get out of the car. Because yeah, then yeah. After get, to, this, get out. Yeah, yeah. He um, looks over at the priest and is like, "Never look." It's like a Medusa yeah, thing, yeah. no. Um, and he starts like you know, starting to shake and and, and yeah. convulsing. And you're like, oh, crap. But he has something different. Uh, suddenly, in a cut, he is teleported outside of the car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And a hand rips off the back of his head. Like his skull yeah. and his brains and everything. And, and chunk. And it cuts back brain. to him inside the car. So, obviously, I'm thinking it was supposed to be, oh, I don't know, like it happened <laughs> to him inside the car or it's in his mind. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, that's yeah. right. So, he gets his head kind of completely ripped open. Uh, yeah, and his brain kind of slowly like pulled a, up. Yeah, it's nice. nice. Really interesting effect too with that. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it in a weird yeah. way. Um, <laughs> um, also, not how it works, kids. Not how it works. 
I, that, I, that skull. You might be able to tear through the epidermis and the hair, but like that <laughs> skull, have you scratching nails for days? Unless you're on a baby. <laughs> in which case, this skull's still forming, so you've got little holes in which you can get through to the juicy brain bit. I'll get to you. Wait, I need a drill. Um, the Hannibal Lecter uh, yeah. recipe. <laughs> so, and then we, so the, then we get the next morning, and there's no sign of the Rose or Tommy, the, the teenagers we just saw get killed. But Emily's body is found at the garage. Um, and then we get our uh, cameo uh, of... For, Playing the local pathologist, Dr. Joe Thompson, uh, and the cameo being Lucio Forti. Um, and um, but he basically just says, "I can't make head nor tail of how Emily died, except for a heart attack." He was the oh, best bit of the film. Cool shit. <laughs> like, as in, in terms of delivery, I remember yeah. watching later on with a kid, and I was going, "Oh, Jesus, the acting!" But besides the journalist, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, the, hearing his voice made me look up and go, oh, I was like, he was committed to the scene. He felt yes, he like was. he was there. If everyone was at his level. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, follow the director's lead. Come on. Yeah, but uh, I didn't know that. I didn't know he was the director. So yeah. I, when we were watching, it was just, that's cool. But that's, that's says so much too. It does, but huh? she's also, her face is frozen in like a ring face. Yes. Um, Oof, yeah, and it's sort of like shocked. Yes. Mm. yes, it is. Yeah, and I like that too. That's kind of cool. Mm. Um. So then Dr. Thompson leaves and we then meet uh, the sheriff um, and he basically finds this small puddle of like black worm kind of glue stuff nearby. Mm. Um, and then uh, Mr. Robbins, um, who's that? Yes to you, Mrs. Mr. Robbins, tell me why your daughter's covered in goo. Um, so... You, you. <laughs> So anyway, so he uh, basically tells the sheriff and uh, Jerry of his suspicions of Bob. It's all about Bob. Um, and then, meanwhile, we then then we go back to Peter and Mary. Remember those guys, cigar chomping Peter and Mary from the beginning of the movie. So, of course, how could we forget? Yeah, well, we, we we could forget because of so many cuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how we could forget. <laughs> so, so we so they basically leave in New York um, to follow this. Yeah, that she has about Dunwich essentially. So they're going to Dunwich. He said that with an H too. Follow this hunt. Hunt. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um. So uh, and uh, like, let's not forget that All Saints Day is approaching soon as well. Woo! Um, and the they, uh, yeah, they say soon. They don't. We don't know when. No, no, it's just happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think until it it's like until it's like of the eve. You know, it's like oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, which means I, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Doesn't that mean it's Halloween now? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Like, you know, maybe all the bad ever. shit's just going to happen on Halloween and then on All Saints Day, it's all going to stop. Yeah, yeah, Who yeah. knows? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there's more kind of ghostly apparitions and visitations happening. Bob, yeah. Bob actually sees Father Thomas hanging in the tree at one point mm -hmm. um, and then quickly walks the other way. Um, <laughs> and then we go if you to the... see a well hung priest walk <laughs> yeah. the other way, yeah. oh, oh yes. my god, we've gone Yay. and yes, I do. All those grammar Nazis, I know it's hanged, I know if he was, he was <laughs> you know, rotted, yeah. he was hanged, yeah. he might have been hung. We don't know, and I don't want to find out. Uh, we don't know, we don't, we don't ever go there. We don't want to see his father, Thomas. Um, neither does Bob, not, not as Bob, but that's why he runs. So and then we go to the morgue and we have this mortician who's examining uh, the body of the 
old this old woman mm. uh, called Jane Theresa. Yeah, and um, and she basically wakes up and bites him on the hand. Yeah, good chomp out of his hand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was nice. And the yeah, uh, and then the apparition of uh, Emily appears um, mm. to her little brother John John. Yeah, uh, that's scary. Like that's a real good... kind of acne-looking, kind of pulsy. Yeah, yeah. Kind of stuff acne. That was. It was almost. I thought like she had like big chunks of flesh taken out of her face. Well, maybe like, it was that, but, like there was like these boils. Boils is what. I yes. Say. Sorry, not. Yeah, bulges, bulges, bulges. Right. Mm. But, um, but the build-up to that too, like you know, yeah. oh my god, that that kid. Uh, um, but <laughs> um, but as cringe as that was, like you know, him walking up to that window and then having that quick reveal, yeah. and his reaction. To be fair, that was it was a reaction. Um, was <laughs> scary. I mean, then he runs straight in and he's just like, ah, Jesus Christ, into his parents. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like yeah, I, I don't know. I, you never know where it's going to go. I was imagining no, Emily to come no, and just it. fuck them all up just then and there. Yeah. But, yeah. And they're just like, go to bed, for God's sake, John, John. I know, right? Yeah, no sympathy. Well, the mum kind of is a bit like, what the fuck are you talking about, Dad? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But she doesn't, she doesn't speak up because she knows her place. She it's is, exactly. She doesn't want to walk into another door, kids. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, uh, <laughs> so then Sandra, uh, we come to, uh, we're at Sandra's house. So she's the uh, paranoid uh, psych. Uh, um, Patient of the psychiatrist. Um, oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so we go to her. Up. Um, so she's um, she gets a visit from Mrs. Holden, the old lady in in her kitchen. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. again, is, yeah. does she get it, the back of her head chomped uh, out too? Uh, yeah, I think that happens to the old lady, isn't it? I think that's what I may have missed a bit, but yeah, I think that's. What I happens. know it happens to somebody else. And I didn't know yeah. if it was this this lady. Um, I think um, she was wearing blue. Yeah, but she's like she appears dead on the floor. Uh, yeah. So Sandra calls up Jerry, the psychiatrist, and says, "Yeah, I need your help. Um, seeing dead people again. Um, I see them all the time. All um, the time." And so, um, so Jerry goes, "I'll be right there." And I love the way that he casually walks out the door, swings the jacket, and flips it over his shoulder on the way out. Thought that oh, yeah. took, took a lot of style. That did. Um, yeah. Uh, Jerry's got some style, like yeah. even, even like in in a couple of moments later on when um uh, the little boy's outside running down the street and gets confronted with Emily, uh, yes. the corpse of Emily, and how he just sort of casually strolls up and says like, yeah, it's okay. It's just like, wow, Jerry's a boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's like, so, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah exactly. He's, he's yeah, he's read the script. He knows yeah, what happens, so yeah, he's he fine. Knows. He goes, I, yeah. I live to see, I I I'm gonna live to see the end. It's okay. Um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. At least the last. It's like second last frame. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so as he uh, arrives, that that's when the body disappears. But then it reappears again. Um, while they're oh no, so sorry. Firstly, they like there's noises going from upstairs. Um, they they then kind of are going around the house. He's like, it's okay. We'll look in every room in the house just to make sure there's nothing weird going on. Um, and they go happen to go into one room, and loads of broken glass kind of flies up against the wall, and the wall starts bleeding. Mm, um, that so was like, great. That Is smashing window. Yeah, um, that smashing window thing was great. Yeah, I like. And that. then coupled with the bleeding wall. Yeah. Yeah. Mwah. yeah. Mwah. Good stuff. This is crazy shit right here. 
Um, mm. And then Bob, uh, the, oh, sorry, we go to Bob again. Yeah, jumping around. Bob, and he's taking refuge at this garage. Um, and we then get uh, this, the daughter of the guy that lives there just strolls in, nicks some kind of yeah. uh, something. Alcohol, is it? Alcohol of some kind. And tucks it mm. into her jeans and then uh, sees Bob and then proceeds to mount him and try and lure him with li- liquor. Um, yeah. At which point uh, the dad arrives on the scene, goes batshit crazy, uh, thinking that Bob is trying to seduce his daughter. Uh, mm. And then he, he's he got this lathe. Um, yeah. No, that, now, is this the guy from this is the guy from the bar? Yeah, he's the guy from the bar, yeah. yeah mi- yes, mi- that's what I thought. So it was like, cool. He's the one who's been throwing Bob under the bus the whole time. Yeah, that fucking Bob. Um, yeah, so that's why I thought, oh, this is not going to end good. And so he tries to scale the wall, gets pulled straight down. As you said, he gets no- knocks over the lathe thing. Yeah, instantly and it my, Yeah, instantly my brain went, whenever you've got machinery or something like that, you're just yeah. like, I'm just going to turn that off, okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but but it instantly yeah. Made, it, it's great. It builds in that way where you're going, oh, no, they're not, are they? Are they going to do that? Is this oh, character exactly? Because like we've been, we've seen this guy for twi- Twitchy Bob for a while now, yeah. Um, and and we're like, well, surely he's got some kind of connection because Father Bob keeps appearing to him and not actually mm. killing him. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. You know I mean? Like, so like, what's that about? Or does Father Bob? Uh, does Father Bob? I'm saying the wrong guy now. <laughs> does the father <laughs> know of? Bob's fate, and that's why he's like, I don't need to get this guy because someone else is going to do the job for me. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. But, because there are a couple of people who get immune to the the uh, monsters, or at least they don't yeah, get attacked. Yeah. They're they're yeah. in a prime position that you think, oh, okay, this character's going to go, yeah. and they don't. So, um, yeah, there's there's something great of this story um, there. But that's why this bit, yeah, we haven't found enough of his connection, and so far have only seen him to be another victim. Yes. Um, as in, obviously, he's not a complete victim in this case that we're talking about bleeding from the eyes of the wife. But, yeah, to have this happen to uh, uh, to him by a character that is just another person in the town made yeah. me go, oh, shit, that sort of Dunwich horror element yeah. of everyone in the town is in on it and you're the only yeah. one like outcast yeah. um, made me start to go, oh, okay, maybe this is going to go more of a, oh, what's it, not Village of the Damned, but, you know, that sort of uh, uh, yeah. Lord of the Flies, Lord of you Flies know, style. Yeah. Where it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Every man for himself. So like, exactly that sort of chaos. But this, yeah. the time, so well built up to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And so, and then we get one of these, like as you were saying, like these really long, kind of drawn out scenes where he keeps inching him a little bit further and further closer to the drill. Oh, um, yeah. And you're just like, right yeah, where his eyes. Someone's going to stop him. The girl's going to turn up. Something's going to, yeah, surely it's going to. Yeah. But no, it keeps going, and he basically drills yeah. through his cheek mm. and out the other side of his other kind of cheek uh yeah. yeah at the last second he sort of turns his head and it's like far out yeah um, yeah good makeup and everything that's done there too but yeah, also that wouldn't kill him might send you into shock yeah yeah i don't know i i, I was thinking i wonder I if he's gonna come back thing. i look i can't speak from personal experience um, no, neither. <laughs> and I'm not a doctor. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. we are surgeons, but we're not doctors, folks. Um, uh, amateur surgeons. Amateur surgeons, yeah. We, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. It's like my brother is an amateur gynecologist. <laughs> yeah. He's bloody keen. Uh, so anyway, but in this instance, it does kill Bob. So uh, we, we lose our yeah. twitchy friend. Um, twitchy Bob. Twitchy Bob. 
And so now we, now we get to the following morning and we're back with Peter and Mary. Remember those guys? Remember? Oh, they have a great band. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's missing Paul. It's just missing Paul. Oh. Um, so look, they, they basically turn up um, and they meet the actual priest um, who gives them directions to the village. Um, and they arrive at this at the graveyard and they start to try and search for Father Thomas's tomb, not really knowing what they're looking for. Yeah, uh, or his name. Or his name. Yeah, some priest, I don't know. Yeah. What should we call him? But luckily, Bob? yeah. <laughs> Jerry turns up. Jerry turns up. Jerry's like, yep. What's going on? I've read the script. I know what you guys need to do. You need to follow me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> go with me. I'll, I'll show I, you the script. I, I'll come with me and I'll tell you the whole story about Father. Um, <laughs> So yeah, so they basically um, go back to Sandra's place, I think. Or, or no, it's his place, isn't it? It's his uh, it's his office, um, mm. and he basically kind of talks about what happened to the father, and mm-hmm. that's when we get one of the more interesting scenes. We've had a few, um, yeah, where the uh, room starts to shake uh, really quite violently, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden the office is completely the windows blast open and then all these maggots come mm. flying through like a tornado of maggots yeah uh, and there's <laughs> bits where you can see where they they've just stuck them to their cheeks um, <laughs> and uh, yeah the effects but uh, yeah, they they're pretty much are getting kind of pummeled with like i was trying to remember oh yeah it's like they had two wind machines basically set up um mm. during the scene uh and 10 kilograms of maggots kind of flying oh. at them um, wow. in this bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that's great. Like it's, it's almost, it takes you sort of like a exorcist sort of um, uh, almost biblical, the mummy sort of like, yes, uh, agreed. Big yeah. locust sort of thing. Um, and yeah, and it's, it's intense. They've obviously stuck them on the face, but yeah, they're, they're smacking them in the face. They're all around them, all covering their shoes and everything. Um, very well off putting though. I mean, it's, yeah, it's it was. great. Because yeah, even yeah, one of the in... characters, uh, the the sounder girl, throws up at one point. Yeah, uh, during it. Yeah, that was yeah. great. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I, I think vomit's hilarious. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, seeing it on film is usually a very fun well, time. It, it but... does make you wonder whether that was, was that actually genuine or like, did, you know, was that part yeah. of it? Or did she well, the biggest thing, exactly. Yeah. With performers ending up uh, like vomiting uh, from a, a film perspective and an acting perspective, I mean, it's very hard to yeah. emulate the enough volume to come out because you can only put so much and keep it in your cheeks yeah. uh, and then simulate it. So if you're not doing cheating an effect with a, like a hose on the side, the same way they did sort of like the crying effect um, yes. Before, yes. or um, actually vomiting, which I don't know if they would put that on film, but then again, it's the eighties. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, that's what I mean, you know, like, yeah, if you've go. got it, use it. Yeah. Well, I, it's even in, in terms of this and what you could get away with the senses, Willy Wonka mm. and the chocolate factory, the Gene Wilder version. Yes. Uh, uh, was G-rated, and I think it's still G-rated, and it features a beheading of a chicken. It kills an animal on screen. Does it? I don't remember that. When's that? T- when yeah, it- I remember, like when they're going through the um, on the boat ride. There is no yeah. earthly way of knowing. Yeah. yeah. Oh There's yeah, a, one a of the quick, chicken one of the quick bits. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and I just sort of tweeted that the other day because I was watching Red Letter Media, and they were like going through it, and they're like, "Yeah, it features this," and I'm like, "Ooh, I never <laughs> yeah. realized that." But we were saying before about like, you know, he's in uh, little 
nursery rhymes and stuff like that that yeah, you, know, yeah, yeah. You, you could say nowadays and you couldn't say then. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I, the other thing I was just going to say in this uh, scene as well, I don't know which actor it was, but uh, supposedly one of them, um, uh, Fulci was renowned for smoking a pipe um, <laughs> all the time, right? And one of the actors actually uh, snuck in a couple of maggots into his pipe tobacco and he oh, didn't no. realise until he was in the middle of smoking it uh, <laughs> that he was actually, it had a weird taste and he was like, oh, fuck, it's maggots. Yeah. And ever since, he's put a maggot in his pipe. Yeah, he loves it. Good old good maggot in the pipe. Exactly. Oh, that'd be awful. Like a big oh, popping yeah. sensation. I know. I used to work at the Australian Reptile Park and I know that mealworms have a taste that's sort of like a macadamia nut. Yeah, um, yeah. Just because you can't the podcast, or if not, we've just chatted about it because I kind of <laughs> yeah. We we just had uh, over some mealworms. Yeah, I was, you said here have this. I went, oh yeah, cool macadamia. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. no, no mealworms. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, no, no. It's just it's that uncomfortability and that sense of going. Oh, this yeah, is disturbing it. and it's it, it's gross. Um, but I love how he picks up the phone and he wipes it down to pick it up. Oh, he doesn't wipe the, the ear scene. or the hand or something. That's such a small moment, but I love it. It's like yeah. one of my favourite moments in the film. Um, <laughs> and in this age of COVID, I mean, it's just like, yeah. no! <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, what are you doing? Um, yeah. And yeah, yeah, right. So, yeah, so the, the we've had the maggot tornado happen uh, and then we get the phone call. It's from John John. Um, hey! And he's basically the, the little kid that's been tormented tormented by his dead sister so they uh he's basically said uh my uh my sister's come back and she's killed my parents so, yeah <laughs> and it so cuts, they all go but, over the, the robin's house and find john john's story is true there's mum yeah dad. But, but was it on that phone call um, on that phone call <laughs> it's great just because they um they cut back to him and he's just like shocked. He has the phone in his hand and it then zooms into the background. You can hear a dripping sound uh, and it's blood dripping into a glass of milk on a table still oh, yeah. set halfway through a meal. And there's sort of like blood splattered everywhere. Um, and it pans up to the roof and just next to the sort of like the ornate ceiling light. Um, yes. Crap. Mosaic stuff uh, is this big, almost like a brain like yeah. in computer games, you'll have this sort of thing, which is <laughs> yeah. the evil manifesting itself in the whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, stuff yeah. like that. and it looked like that. And it was interesting because it, it was similar to those things that have disappeared before. And even that jelly stuff that was shoved in the face. And I didn't know if it was like, even in Ghostbusters, the progression of slime, yeah, you know, how it's yeah, yeah. more and more energy. Um, or if it was a manifestation of that, or if it was just supposed to be where the bodies were dead and they were bleeding through. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know right here. Yeah. It was, I also it was, didn't know his name was John John. <laughs> John John. Hey, John John. Um, bon bon John John. But I wonder if it was John John all along. Um, mm. Well, <laughs> that question, yeah. John John. Um, well, <laughs> I wonder if he went and saw the priest beforehand. Yeah, that's it. So <laughs> he passed anyway, it on, so, and that's so why he killed himself. Our, our four main characters, so Peter, Mary, Bob, and Sue. No, Peter, Mary, uh, Jerry, and Sandra, turn up at uh, the house uh, where John John lives, and they find out. Yep, that's true. So John, Sandra then takes the boy to her apartment while Peter, Mary, and Jerry trying to find the sheriff to kind of say, yeah, things have gone really fucking crazy. Um, mm-hmm. they, Sandra um, arrives at her apartment building, and at which point the ghost of Emily arrives, zombie ghost kind of thing, um, mm. and she gets her, she kills Sandra by pulling the scalp out off the back of her head. Yeah, that's it. That's the one I'm thinking yeah, of. Yeah, that's the one we're thinking of. Yeah. Um, oh. He uses a plunger. 
Uh, no, she doesn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> so she does the yeah the, the old magic trick. Uh, John John runs off uh, it, down through the streets, uh, which is very fog laden at this point. Mm. Um, avoiding, he kind of avoids a load of zombies that were kind of rambling around, um, <laughs> and and then he bumps into Jerry, um, and he's like again. Well, he's confronted by Emily in the street. Yes. And he stops. No, and that's when Jerry sort of saunders up and, yes. and just like, it's okay. I got this, Jojo. I got and like, you know, yeah, it was like, I was imagining a, a, like a, a Marvel superhero Civil War sort of fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. only, if only he'd gone like Ash Campbell at this point and just kind of. Oh, yes. That'd be great. Stuff up. Give me some sugar, baby, and just kisses her. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but no, no, no. Yeah, then she disappears. And he's got to look on like, what? Because he was fully prepared to die, or at least yeah. I, I, that's the impression I got from him. Yeah, and we get this a lot. Like, there's these vanishing, like, they either appear or they don't appear. Like, like it's almost like, I, I was reading stuff about this in the back, um, on, in um, offline, and the theory around it is that because it's not All Saints Day, they are still bridging the gap between the land of the dead and the land of the living. So they're not quite uh, yeah. formed yet. So they've got, like, teleporty powers. Yeah, and the teleportation kind of teleportation <laughs> stuff happens. That's exactly it. Yeah, well, so that, I, that makes, well, I think that's a pretty good theory. No, that that makes complete sense, especially yeah. where um uh, saying before how the father Thomas or what is his name was yeah. um suddenly appeared and 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 put blech uh, in her mouth. Yeah. Um, yeah, that sounds even worse than what I meant it to mean. <laughs> but, like, you know, um, but my point being, <laughs> yeah, is that um. I, I really like the philosophy of, of the perspective of how these films are told. Yeah, yeah. And Lovecraft yeah. concept films always mm. intrigue me, uh, even if they have a hint of it, because the perspective can always shift and is usually not even focused at all. It's a very objective sort of tale. Yeah. Even if you look at something like um, The Thing, and I'm not too sure if it's directly supposed to be like Lovecraftian, but it's a lot of Lovecraftian elements. Uh, there are it. elements of that in Thing, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, even from that, even up to that last scene, we don't know who to trust because no. there's a lot of theories about what happens in that film. Uh, and it's a brilliant film, and I really recommend anyone to go and see it. Uh, it's great. Yeah. Um, but, all, time, all time, all time favorites. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it has that ambiguity of going, we don't know, and we're trying to figure it out. Mm. Uh, and it's, it's, it's really great in that sense because that's where all horror really lies in that anticipation before it. Am I going to be the one who's taken? Um, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for, for all of those ghost sort of things, I think that's really interesting. But there's also perspective within that. Obviously, mm. film is usually done from a perspective. And so point of view, like that's what I was talking about before with the flashbacks, flash forwards, yep. when it would have a hard cut and there would be the end of explaining something that happened like two scenes ago. And yeah. it's just like, oh, okay. So now that's when that exposition came. And I was thinking, just reorder those like cuts, like takes, and <laughs> dissolve, across dissolve here and there. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah. yeah. But but in terms of that, because even with the father miraculously uh, identifying himself, it could just be putting, like you know, um, that thought into her mind because she's trying to justify it. And I always like that because our bodies and our minds do that a lot. Our psychology is usually overlooked because uh, it'll it'll make us sick. It'll lower our immune system, you know, or boost our immune system. It's 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 something integral that needs to be taken. Uh, into mind especially in in with these sort of things not saying that that's what the filmmakers intended but i like when breaking these down it gives everything yeah. those options no that's right that's right there's a there's a lot and i think because of the fractured and sent the nature of this film uh and there's a lot 
open leaves a lot open to interpretation with it yeah it is is in its uh defense actually because it, it mm. on viewing it it can feel a bit muddled but yeah. i think when you come out the end of it there's a lot of questions and and i think that's always a good thing with films um yes so like and we're we're, we're fast approaching the climax of the film now Mm. Um, where we uh, so Jerry kind of passes John John over to the police. Uh, we then go back to the the bar with Mr. Ross um, and the barman, and they're kind of attacked uh, by all these ghouls that kind of like you know basically that we've seen killed. Um, they basically kind of appear uh, in this bar, and I think the there's a point where there's a crack that forms in the wall of the bar at some point as well. I don't know if that's this scene or. Or, yeah, um, no, I think that was when the mirror smashed. Yeah, that was it. Then I thought it happened later. I thought it kind of was like, and because he makes right. this comment of like the barman kind of makes this comment about, you know, uh, I only just bought this place, such and such a gun that's already fallen apart. Um, yeah, I'm not too sure, but yeah, the smoke comes out of it. Yeah, so he then, uh, so anyway, all these kind of zombie kind of ghouls appear and they start kind of killing them one by one. Uh, mm -hmm. Mary, Peter, and Jerry kind of arrive at the graveyard, and it's hey, wait, it's All Saints Day, it's finally here. Hey. Um, and uh, they go basically find Father Thomas's to family's tomb and they kind of descend <laughs> down into it. And this yeah, is like, other, it's yeah, the, like an underground, like sort of thing. Uh, it, this feels very Indiana Jones, it and, does, um, huh? yeah. yeah, the the Temple of Doom, yeah, um, which. I think came out after this. Temple of Doom came out after, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Raiders of the Lost Ark came out in '81. Yeah, yeah. I think because of the close proximity, it just sort of feels that yeah, sort of yeah, yeah. Um, those vibes. But it's great too because even within that, so much happens, and it's like this guy's really had a vision in mind and a passion project that he stuck through, Hell which is yeah. great. Because you get these sort of moments where then they go down into a sort of cavernous small area, which yeah. reminded me so much of the time machine in the uh, land of the uh, uh, the Morlocks. Um, oh, I think it was Morlocks, not Minox. Yeah, Morlocks. Yeah, yeah. Um, a different cave, a different planet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a good one. <laughs> We're in the Minox. Yeah, completely different time. Oh, yeah. Definitely wasn't the 80s with Minox. <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. Um, and so, yeah, so they kind of go into this kind of underground grotto. There's these skeletal remains everywhere, um, mm. cobweb kind of stuff. Um, Sandra then appears as a zombie, uh, mm -hmm. and she basically kills Peter, our journalist, ripping no. his brains out. I'm just like, what? Yeah. And that's I know, why, it sucks. High smoking kills. Um, exactly it was a message guys yeah, don't, don't be over cocky do the right thing yeah. and not push your grounds and save people yeah exactly yeah. learn learn from jerry right just stay yeah, exactly. calm just stay calm people yeah, um, when people say smoking kills that's what they mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the death <laughs> i never uh, tell you and then um but then zombie sandra is then kind of basically um impaled uh in uh by Jerry with a, uh, he grabs something from the cave. Like a crucifix, like, isn't it? Like a yeah, wooden crucifix? Like that, yeah. And yeah, like a big it, one. It says here, like into her chest, but it, to me it felt very abdominal area. This is right. the penetration of the Father Thomas? No, no, this is oh, of Sandra. Oh, Sandra. Yeah. yeah, no, no, yeah, it was more like the hip. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, or like, or, yeah, you're right, abdominal area, just yeah. above the hip. Which is very um, phallic. 
Uh, and but also too, from effects wise, like they 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 pierced a bag in there. Like yeah. you know, as in them. I hope they had some shielding behind that because uh-huh. like. Yeah. yeah, it's just like scary yeah. that then she falls down, it pans up, and she's actually still there. And like, oh shit! <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, is that meant to happen? Um, yeah, but that was a good effect too. Like that looked real, and you can see the, yeah. the blood. Like they cut back to it, and you can see it, like the bag moving underneath. So it looks yeah. like there's something underneath. Yeah, it's it was cool. Nice. It's nice. Yeah, real effects really work well. So we only have Mary and Jerry left, and they discover this is where they discover a hole, like in the wall, isn't it? And they. Mm. Um, I think they kind of crawl in through this area and that's when they find father Thomas, um, who has kind of, he's now this kind of spectral kind of, and he's got these supernatural kind of powers. Um, Mm. and Mary and Jerry kind of, uh, see all the dead around them kind of arising from the tombs surrounding them. Mm. Yeah. Uh, father Thomas, um, Starts to do the old, the old. I look into the eyes, not around the eyes, straight into the eyes. And <laughs> the old eye bleed. Yeah. yeah. So he's he's doing the eye trick, and Mary's eyes start to, uh, start to bleed. Um, I just thought that'd be very funny. Like a hypnotist says, like you know, your eyes are getting very heavy. Your eyes are getting very heavy, and then the eyes just fall out of their head. Yeah. Like, oh no, too heavy, too heavy. Oh, oh, pick them up. Oh, damn come it. back, come back. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah. starts doing the eye bleeding thing again, and that's I'm like thinking. you know. Great effect. I, I really yeah. quite like that. Yeah, it was good. It was actually really good. Um, mm, mm. And he's yeah, he's staring and uh, to try and get Mary. And we we've seen it before, obviously with the chick in the in the car. So we think, oh shit, yeah. he's going to start forming up her insides. <laughs> yeah, bomb guts. Yeah, bomb guts. Um, and then Jerry then grabs this large kind of rotten wooden cross and disembowels. Yeah, that's the crucifix bit. Sorry. This is the bit where he yeah, it says disembowels, but I don't know on the area that it looks like it looks like yeah. he's going right into the groin. I don't I know. Maybe there's a sub subplot to this whole film yeah. about the young boy Joe, John John or whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And and Bob, yeah. what happened to Bob? I don't know. This is yeah. This is, this is for John John, you bastard. I think Bob was going to go to the police and say, yeah. "I'm going to say that you were touching me and and John yeah. John," and the priest killed Ooh. himself. Yeah, and then. Oh, who knows? Look what you just yeah. done. I know this. Ah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, see now the unknown cool. kids. Yeah, unknown. yeah. So there, yeah. even, even with that unknown thing, I was going to say the mist as well. Like that yeah. is the ending of the mist. Is I think the perfect oh. analogy of that unknown. When you make a decision, and it's still unknown, and you've made the wrong one. I mean, it's it's one of those gut rich, so good, shattering endings ever yeah. put the film. <laughs> She's just yeah. like you sit there just going, no what? Um Yeah. That's um, it. Yeah, so anyway so in this, yeah, he's been smashed in the groin and he bursts yeah. into, and burst into flames. flames. And then all the As other corpses burn into flames. Yeah. Uh and it looks like they've won. They've 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 seen uh they've overseen evil preventing it from coming through. And Thank the, evil you, the priest, gates of hell have been closed. Yes, uh, and he turns to dust, and the dust kind of blows away, blows away. Yeah, maybe that was why it reminded me of the time machine with those cross dissolves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, then uh, and so the gates of hell appear to have been closed. Mary and Jerry then kind of scramble up to the surface. Uh, it's night time, um, and uh, and that's where we see John. John has arrived with the police, and he's really excited. John John's so excited to see these two yeah. strangers who he's never met in his entire life. Um, yeah. and, and go running towards them. And at which point, 
Mary and Jerry's uh, joy here kind of turns into a bit of fear. And yeah. we and this weird kind of look on Mary's face of like, no. And then she's. No, I think we end on John John's face. Yeah, no, sorry, we do. Because she's freeze frame. And then we get uh, John John um, running in slow motion freeze frame. And then the screen kind of starts to crack and, dis- and disperse. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because even as you were saying before, that crack's happening there. And then just visualize that with that dissolve. And that's how the film ends. Yeah. Um, so there are. Begins with a scream, ends with a scream. A scream ends. The whole thing was a scream. With a scream. Yeah. Yeah. So there's talk. Again, I was reading stuff about the ending of this movie um, because it's like, well, why does it end that way? Because they've defeated evil and and it leaves it hanging. Have they defeated evil? What's going on? Were they too Mm -hmm. late? Is it a case that the the end of the world has begun? I read another thing which I kind of dug. Um, and that was um, that the film is, in, and it's just going back to what I said about who's our central person, who's the one telling the story here, whose journey is it? Yeah. And if we think about that, the person that opens up the story is Mary. So if we're taking it from the point of view that this is Mary's story and she has foresight into this uh, father and the gates of hell opening up because of his death, right? Mm. And she in this vision, dies. So she actually does die, but she is then brought back to life again in order to prevent Father Thomas from succeeding. But because technically she is one of the walking dead and she has stopped Father Thomas's um, uh, domain from opening up and this kind of all hell breaking loose, she Mm. then has to go back into the into the land of the dead yes so it's almost like her world ends at that point so her vision of john john running towards her is when it all breaks apart because she's no longer yeah oh that's fantastic i really Mm. like that yeah yeah i was like yeah i like that i want that i I was thinking was it like was it insinuating that whatever that evil spirit was, whether it be connected to Bob or the father or whatever, was now connected to the kid. Um, yeah, see, because... like, there's, there's so many interpretations, isn't it? Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, mm. yeah, and, and I wasn't sure about that because even with the whole death thing, I didn't know if... Um, sorry, the death of his parents. I wasn't sure whether, whether um, it was more like a possession thing. It was going to possess him and he killed the parents you know <laughs> yeah i don't know I, I missed when he said she like emily came back and killed my parents i thought he said that he had killed them yeah, yeah. that's emily, why i was so emily came out. back so i killed my parents yeah that's it <laughs> yeah uh but but i you know i, I wasn't too sure but again it, it it made me feel that or it made me feel like yeah the boy it, it's somehow connected to the boy yeah um uh but but that was purely because it was a freeze frame on him yeah, That's, yeah. Uh, that, exactly. that. I really like that idea of the shattering world sort of thing, even yeah. if it's that she then has the power and she gets that sort of motivation to start the army or whatever it is. Yeah, um, yeah. Or she realizes just in that last second, oh no, it wasn't changed. It didn't change anything. Nothing changed. Um, yeah, no, but the, the idea of it crumbling away is very cool. I very much like that idea. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Okay. So yeah. look. So that's that's obviously where the movie ends. This is um, you just uh, this is your first foray into this film. 
Um, so what was your gut reaction when you kind of came out at the end of it? Where were you sitting with this? Uh, at, at the end of it? Yeah. Uh, it, was, it felt long. It felt longer than it, it was because was, it was only about an hour and a half. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. It packs mm. a lot in. And I, I wonder so if it's those kind of like, as we said, those kind of long kind of long shots or those lingering mm. shots, I should say, that elongates the film more than we think it is. I don't know. But yeah. I thought the same thing. I was, as I was mm. watching it, I was like, because uh, I was watching it the other day, and I, 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 I kept looking at the time going, it should have finished by now, shouldn't it? Like, you know, I was like, yeah, like it's going on for ages. Yeah. Well, yeah, because well, whatever that is, I was watching something about the, um, the Flash, like one of those theories that they have on the internet. And yeah. I thought it'd be interesting to have a character which was like his, ti- his power was time, but it was more like the complete opposite. He yeah, had to yeah. go really slow. And so it's, it's a lot of work to him to get up to our pace and, and think and work at our pace. And then he has to just like relax and sit there and but he'll be able to do so much in that time. Yeah. Just like, I'm going to learn French and it'll just sit there for 10 minutes. I learned French. <laughs> but, you know, I just learned um, French. Yeah. 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 Like a shitty <laughs> power. But, yeah. but besides that, like, you know, as in even with the shining and, and, and other films, especially like European films and, and um, uh, Eastern uh, films, like um, the Hong Kong films and stuff like that, they take yeah. care and time with films because it invests your audience in it. Uh, especially if there's something to care about. It, that's what I mean. It was really only the hard cuts that reinforced the the pacing of it all. Yeah, yeah. Um, it felt like, yeah, you, you could have done a, like a, a recut to it, uh, which might have been a lot of simple, but who knows what problems they had with it. Uh, there was so much that was going on into it that um, it still kept me excited. Hell, I think I was on board when the, yeah, when the ambulance door slammed shut. It was like, Mary's dead. Whoa, bang. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And from that point, there was so many times I was going, huh, this is a good sequence. Huh, this is a good yeah, sequence. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, so I, I thought that was, that was yeah, it's, it's, it's well worth the look, especially it being out of the blue. It's, it's usually the, the films you recommend are, are very uh, interesting to sort of watch. And um, even though they're horror, somewhat uplifting. Um, <laughs> and this being... Yeah, um, very similar to that because it hits all of those good beats that the good horror films should have, um, albeit uh, a, a lighting, like, you know, the ideal lenses maybe, um, more time, maybe like a higher budget, things like that. But every mm. film um, doesn't need that. And it doesn't detract from it. It doesn't mean that this is a bad film because of it. It means that if someone remakes this film, that's going to be a different version of this film. This will still exist and have everything good, bad and ugly about it, which is loved i mean that's what makes cult statuses and, and any sort of uh, re-watching or nostalgic sort of purposes with it i mean hell even look at the rotten tomatoes i mean that's um <laughs> got there and it's it's right on the 50 percent yeah the tomato meter is 50 percent the audience score 56 <laughs> <laughs> i love it right on 50 percent. so it's 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 definitely i'm sure like loved and hated by a, a lot of people but if, yeah if you're into horror and stuff like that it, it, it's fun it's uh it's for even for the gore factor it, it it made me more think about the 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 horror in it being again more like the time machine something mm. out of our control something that's unknown and something that we don't want to act too quick because we don't know what the hell is going to happen but yeah. we have to work eventually because otherwise we're going to bleed and vomit off our guts yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah that's exactly right yeah yeah so uh so uh, uh, based on that, I mean, like you're talking about that there's a mixed reaction out there on, on Rotten Tomatoes. 
Right. Would and you kind of dug it. You were some bits in there, but how do you think a modern audience would take this, and would you recommend it to them? How would I, as in, how would I advertise this to get them to watch it? Uh, <laughs> like what? How? Yeah, I guess so. How would you? Because I, I think it yeah. would, this how, might well, be a bit of a struggle. How if if a modern audience would it like if this just suddenly got thrown up on screen? Like if they kind of you know the cinemas just kind of said, all right, we're going to screen yeah. this. I don't how know do how it would go with cinema release. Yeah, I don't know how the cinema release would go with it. Um, yeah, having yeah. said that, we are in a massive hipster and millennial sort of like mm. rehashing of of all things classic. But I definitely think like yeah, if it was on the internet, if they, I don't know. I yeah. don't think it'd be worth spending any money or, or, or putting anything into fixing any of the film itself. Yeah. Um, bar yeah. putting it onto a new medium, maybe like a, a Blu-ray, but I don't think again, money would really be there. It, it, it might be because you'd have people reviewing it like us and, <laughs> and, um, and, and <laughs> cult true. followings. And, and like, again, you could do it in cinemas if it had screenings. So probably Dendies and small theaters, if they yeah, still exist, yeah, yeah. Yeah. would be able to do it. But even in, in, in trying to get people to see it, I do think that this, like wouldn't even be looked at because it's sim- its title is so similar to other things. It has so many tropes, which um, which uh, are now commonplace. But uh, yeah, even if they didn't originate at this point, it's still setting up that 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 first beat of uh, reaction that we know we're going to get a payoff to something horrific, and um, and this plays with those elements really well. I think for anyone who's studying film, I think especially editing. Yeah, <laughs> it should be yeah, and writing too. Like you know, even uh, even from screenplay and writing uh, perspectives, because there's some really good, not necessarily dialogue, but some really good sequences in this that are um, put to film in in a, a very good way. Yeah. Uh, but but again, like maybe cinematography and, and, and stuff like that, it, it can put people off because of its grain. But if they're going to watch uh, uh, Night of the Living Dead, I think that this could easily be put into that same sort of yeah, agreed. Um, thing. You just yeah. have to weigh up in that one night how many of these similar sort of things you would see. Um, but, yeah, no, I, this would be a good one as well to see on, uh, like, what is it, uh, Mystery Science Theatre um, or something yeah, like that. Like, yeah, I know yeah. it's not, it's not yeah. so uh, out there and, 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 and terrible. It's, it's not a terrible film by any standards. Um, but you could have some fun riffing on it and, and, and doing stuff like that. And, and because it's so unknown, yeah. just having the audience sitting there going, what? Would be a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I like it. I like it. Well, thanks for that. Um, and as we said, like it is part, part of the uh, Gates of Hell trilogy, which Luke, uh, Lucio Fulci kind of directed. And uh, the other two movies being the, Be- the Beyond and The House by the Cemetery. Uh, and mm. I'm definitely going to get us to kind of revisit that uh, those two next year when because it would be their anniversary because they both came out in 1981. So we yeah. will. I think we will open up that door and look a bit uh, look at some more Fulci stuff because I'm a fan and I think. We should kind of yeah. uh, we should kind of honor honor his work because I think he's he's a niche niche thing and a lot of his stuff yeah. like he um, he had a, a bit of a you know tragic end to his life um, oh. but he was one of his big campaigners was Argento um, mm. and Argento actually paid for uh, Fulci's funeral as well oh. um, in order for him to kind of be uh, <laughs> properly buried which is ironic. Mm. Um, so yeah, do rec- I, I do recommend watching this if you're a fan of kind of horror stuff and especially kind of like that early '80s um, kind of zombie kind of gore fest stuff. This is and the effects are really good. Uh, definitely mm. go check it out. Um, oh yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. until Absolutely. then, I was, yeah, go on. Just go. gonna say like I, 
after watching this, like the good thing about watching these sort of films from specific directors, uh, like as you say, like even with Dario Argento, um, yeah. like you know, you've got uh, that want now. I, I want to see what was it even the house next to the cemetery. It reminds me because I know a, a person who lives in a house next to a cemetery and they freaked out by it. I was like, so cool. Um, <laughs> but but even from cemetery, that, like, man. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but Quentin Tarantino apparently released mm. one of his films, which, as you said, was um, The Beyond. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and and yeah, and that amassed a massive following. And that was in what was it, yeah. uh, 1998? Yeah, no, no, re released. The, the, the Beyond was 1981. Um, mm. Yeah, so it's. But uh, yeah, no, the, sorry, the re release was Quentin Tarantino. So yeah, there's, there's still a love for it. And yeah, hopefully, it'd be great if, if more people were to do stuff like that, especially with now we have online. Like if Quentin yeah, Tarantino yeah. was to do something more of a, um, a website pay per view, you know, sell, still sell tickets, but they'd be able to to make it more accessible because especially with these old films, the hardest thing is trying to find them. Yeah, uh, even I when know, we were talking huh? about originally this, it was getting to the point of saying, did we get the same version? Yeah, and I, yeah, yeah. All the way through this film because of that dubbing and that ADR, I was yeah. going, I don't know if this is just like a student film of sort of like, let's reproduce <laughs> it. Yeah, um, yeah. But, but yeah, so like that's it. any kind of film because again, it doesn't, by remaking it, doesn't mean it re- gets rid of the other, the other films. Metropolis, um, uh, yeah, was uh, lost for yeah. years yeah. Uh, and, and, and started to rot. I mean, same thing with the Kelly gang. That was the first feature film yeah, yeah. complete. And yeah. that was Australian. I mean, and that rotted. I mean, we're in a digital age where, yeah, until we get to the point of the time machine's future where everything is just spinning rings, telling us stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. USB fucking everything. I yeah. mean, ABC doing that delete in the nineties, I think yeah. it was. I mean, Oh my God. Just so close. Yeah, you know the Doctor, the early Doctor Who stuff. Like you know, the first two. Mm. A lot. A reason a lot of those tapes were were lost was because the BBC just kind of you know just got rid of it. Um, Yeah, and and as much as YouTube is fantastic because it gives the ability to put their old uh, people, uh, everyday people, just to put their old VHS tapes up on there, which usually has things which people have since gone we, we can't access that anymore it would be very cool to have artists in the industry who have made it or have the uh disposable income to yeah. uh to make it a business venture and, and that yeah. doesn't mean it's not necessarily throwing it away it's it's communicating their passion through nostalgia yeah. by making it open to more audiences who wouldn't have been able to yeah. get access to this conventionally and i think that that would be a fantastic idea so quentin get in yeah. contact with us yeah ta- tarantino mate yeah you've heard it here right you love these films you, yes. you, you've already said you're about to hang up that director's hat, you know. Yeah. What, what, are, you gonna do, we have what are you going to do? We, we've got a suggestion. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get um. <laughs> what was it? Russell Crowe in it because he's got thirty odd foot of grunts. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. I think on that note we will bow out. But thank you once again for joining me on this podcast, Richard Lovegrove, and thanks to no, thank all you. your listeners out there as well. Please keep tuning. Thanks, in guys. Season seven as we kind of churn through more of the living dead stuff and stick around for more, more films. I can't re- even remember what's next on the agenda, but do stick around as we love dissecting and discussing these films. And if you ever want to comment on any of them, please let us know at the usual sites. Until then, I'm your host, Saul Morte. Good night. Good night. All right, yeah, bye. You're listening the Surgeons of Horror podcast. Music supplied by Peter Nezik. For more discussions or podcasts, head over to surgeonsofhorror.com or head over to our Facebook and Twitter sites for the latest news and updates.